0: You're listening to Not The Sermon with Eric and Jamie. Audio is live. Audio is live. Audio is live. Wattamolp.
1: (laughs) Wattamolp. Hey, uh, welcome to Not the Sermon. Not the Sermon. Uh, You may be wondering, what is this podcast? What is this podcast? Well, you know what it is? You know what it is? It is. It is. Two pastors. Two of us. A lead pastor. (laughs) And an underling. And a student pastor who are talking about everything but the sermon. Uh, We have our trusty lead tech director, Phoenix, with us. Boop, boop. Hold on. What's his...
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> That's the little radio noise that plays. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and uh, w- so, when people hear us in general, they hear us talk
0: about the sermon, like it's a prepared uh, message. Um, we got to be all clean, and we can't say curse words. But <laughs> on this on this podcast, Jamie, we're dropping them. No, we're we are not dropping them. We are not. Uh, but it's not it's not
1: organized <laughs> like a sermon. Uh, it's not like, you know, expositorily or textually going through a passage. It, um it's it's actually It does get very uh, textual on the podcast though. Yes, hypertextual. And um <laughs> and it, it it's just not a sermon. We're still pastors. We're still pastors.
0: We're humans. We love the Lord. We're good boys. We know we know the word. We put our milk on top of our cereal just like everyone else. No. Do you do you do cereal
1: first? I do milk first. <laughs> that'd be so weird. But then it yeah. all just floats. Yeah, so
0: exactly. That's <laughs> I like my cereal to float. Could you imagine? Uh, that's I mean, like who, who
1: have, likes have you ever forgotten? Have you ever forgotten to get ice? <laughs> And like you have her drink, and yeah, you try yeah, to use milk. the ice yeah, maker. A,
0: yeah, oh yeah, it's a disaster. <laughs> not <Yeah>. milk, Phoenix. <laughs> That's like a third grade move. I know. you, I like, oh.
1: <laughs> what you, you know what? You, if listener, if you ever, if you uh, if you forget your ice, and you've got a full cup of uh, beverage, and you want ice, look. Pro tip: handball it. Handball it. Put put the put the put the ice in your hand. Yep. And then gently let it just slip, just slide into the cup. Yep. Don't try to put that cup underneath the ice maker. And that's the end of the podcast. That's Thank you it. guys, Thank you so guys much much for, for coming. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, uh, rate and review, like us, tell, tell your grandmother about us. <laughs> Jamie, I think I'm ready to
0: shoot the <laughs> scuba And yeah. for the people that are maybe new to this podcast, shooting the scuba is where we just shoot the breeze. Uh, scuba is the Greek word uh, for a. A wordy dirt in, that Paul uses in uh, Philippians chapter. Excrement. Export. Yeah, it's for excrement. So we're yeah. going gonna to shoot the scuba on. We're Hit We're going to shoot Jamie. the scuba on. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So
1: what I was—we're not gonna uh, sing the theme song. Oh yeah, yeah. We have this unofficial. Uh, I randomly blurted out a song once, and so uh, it's kind of stuck. I want you guys to imagine wind blowing through through Jamie's hair. Shooting the scuba lawn, my dignity is gone. Hope it don't last too long. We're shooting the scuba lawn. Nice. So, what's going
0: on, James?
1: You know, I am. I was thinking this morning, I'm just so glad that no one got mad at me. I made a goof recently. Um, You did. Listener, we have, uh, it's kind of like our Sunday school at our church. We call it VFCU. It's uh, classes where we go over, you know, biblical teaching and stuff like that. And uh, we all take turns teaching different classes. Well, it's Sunday nights. And so, we were recording uh, one, my teaching in particular this night, and I was using Eric's uh, audio recorder, and he set it up for me and, and hit play. It was still a few minutes before the class started, and so uh, I started sending little messages to Eric uh, on the recorder, um, just saying, you know, uh, I think I started out, uh, I, was, I was doing like different tongue twisters yeah, and things like that. So the first two minutes of this recording were just me just being a goofball. Trash talking ball. me.
0: And and so uh, I forgot to tell him though to edit it. He did, yeah. He didn't tell me at all. And I'm not proactive. I'm not going to listen That's to the, the audio truth. before I post <laughs> it and send it out to everybody in the class. Um, but it's basically a good four to five minutes of Jamie uh, calling me a tool. I do. I say, I say the very <laughs> um, so. If so,
1: imagine you get the audio from this lesson, and your pastor starts it off by saying, "Eric is a tool." I repeat, <laughs> Eric is a tool. Yep. So and, that's how it started.
0: Yeah, and then you, you did some t- some really cool tongue twisters. That, yeah, uh, I thought were, you you were br- you were bold. Would you mind doing a couple of those on the air and let's see if we got to do any? Bleeps? My
1: favorite tongue twister is I slit the sheet I sit on, and on the slitted sheet I sit. <laughs> and it's oh, a, it's a doozy. Walking the line, <laughs> it's a doozy. Um, but yeah, uh, I would never even attempt it. Ah, oh, it's it's pretty good. Now, my, now, that that's my favorite like long phrase. I also love Irish wristwatch, Irish wish rush. Exactly. That's <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, unless you slow way down It's almost impo- uh, Phoenix Can you say it Can Irish you, wristwatch Oh he did it Irish
0: He's, wristwatch
1: Irish wrist, wrist Wrist is such a weird word Irish wristwatch r- <laughs> ah, See Loser
0: we right. r- r- raggy so, <laughs> so, so
1: Listener Go ahead and pause Hit pause right Hit now pause, yep. And say Irish wristwatch Three times quickly <laughs> Go Now How was it for you <laughs> 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 You sounded so dumb yeah, I know I can't believe you did that yeah so yeah so no one got mad no one got offended um
0: except for eric uh no i didn't listen to it until yesterday i know i showed it to him i was like (laughs) he called me on the way home we were we were on the way home from somewhere and he's like hey so (laughs) did you listen to the audio i'm like no honestly man i didn't he's like yeah so i uh i was trash talking (laughs) you there for, for and and we just sent it out and i'm like well Joke's on you, brother. That's your mess to clean up. So. I know, right?
1: No one, no one got mad. No one got... And I think people know here, like, we do have a
0: culture. You also, Damien, you know what I really think? I don't think anybody listened to it. I don't, I don't think anybody in that class right. listened to the recording. I think so you're I think right. that's why we haven't heard anything. I think you're probably right. Um, what else is going on? What's going on in my life? We're getting a little chilly breeze. Oh, yeah. A it's nice and breeze. cool. Yep. I, I built a little fire in my... Uh, I, got a, I have a fireplace at my house in South Georgia. I didn't do it. It just inherited it. Um, you got a little fire going, drinking some lavender tea last night. Lavender tea, yeah, with a, with a beanie on, reading uh, some uh, like theological book or something. Wow, I don't know, it made myself dude. feel better than everybody, you know. Were you no. in a robe and like a, a high back armchair? Were you smoking uh, a pipe? Yeah, no, I, no, I do have a, a little tobacco pipe on my mantle really? from when nice. I went through the tobacco pipe phase, like when I was twenty one. Back when you were a Calvinist, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, they have a Calvin's have a lot. They have cool culture, man. I mean, come on. They have like cool leather, to them culture. Leather boots, big beards, big beards, tobacco pipes. Yeah. I think it's dope. <laughs> Moving into this next segment. <laughs> okay. Um, so, what we did was uh, we wanted to hear from you guys, we wanted a little listener feedback. Uh, and we wanted to see what you guys were interested in us talking about. And so we put out a Facebook uh, post uh, the other day and we got some really, uh, some really good, some really funny and some really irrelevant posts. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it was fun nonetheless. And so what we're going to do in this listener feedback segment is we're going to kind of blast through kind of like 20 question style a couple of the uh, really good topics that we heard from you guys on, and then we're actually going to take some of the other topics and maybe just turn them into their own episodes. So thank you, guys. We love feedback. Give us feedback. Yeah. Write us, uh, give us criticism. Um, write us a poem, whatever it is, and uh, we'll try to get it on the air. So I'm going to go ahead and start uh, with this new segment, Jamie. I'm going to flip this one to you. Okay. Uh, how should Christians... Approach the Israel-Hamas conflict
1: mm, by turning off the TV. Ooh, uh, no. know.
0: Uh, well, gosh. So I talked about this. Wow, you're so anti-Semitic. I know. Cancel me. Yeah. Um. Wow, you hate the Palestinians, Jamie. I hate everyone equally.
1: <laughs> no, it's it, it's 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 difficult. And, and I was talking with our church about this. It's difficult because there are political considerations, there are religious considerations, and then there are humili- uh, humanitarian mm-hmm. uh, considerations, and they don't always jive with each other. Yeah, um, and so th- that's what's really difficult. Uh, so bottom, so I don't, I don't think standing with either Hamas and the Palestinians or Israel, just like default point blank, <gasps> I stand with them is is How wise. How could you, Jamie? I, I stand with people when they do the right thing. Oh. Right, I don't, there's not like a blanket. You get to do whatever you want to, and I'll sure. stand with you. And I and I see that a lot from the Christian Church when it comes to Israel, um, and and that's because of the religious implications of who Israel is, right? Yeah. Uh, so politically, you know, the the political left tends to go with Palestine. The political right tends to go with Israel. Like like the United States really has to back Israel just because, from like a
0: geopolitical standpoint. right, right,
1: right, because they're a democracy. And they're one of the few areas like if, if you don't back democracy in the Middle East, then you're gonna end up with World War III, Right. Yeah. So you, you so like th- there is a lot of wisdom to but but the way that you do it, you have to be careful because of all the other
0: stuff. This has been a funny conversation though, watching it play out. Yeah. Because I unlike most things, there hasn't been I mean, there is some party line stuff going on. Like you said, Republicans are gonna back Israel, liberals are gonna back Palestine, whatever but there's the anti-semitic mm-hmm. aspect of it has flipped a lot of people yeah. i think on the more on the on the progressive side of it they're like because yeah. we can't cuz you know pro- progressives are are generally concerned with not being anti anyone right and with how severely uh impacted israel was by the just these what seemingly unprovoked I mean, we could say unprovoked, but seemingly unprovoked attacks, especially the the music festival. Right. I saw a lot of uh, like progressive people really taking a stance against Palestine too, which is a surprising thing to really? me. Really, I hadn't seen much of that. Um, I did, I, you know. It's I've seen more of it than you usually would. Yeah. And I thought I was like, "Ha! Finally, an issue where someone actually has to maybe." Where it's, think it's a little about muddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and and then you see people like the people in the LGBTQ plus uh, community like backing Palestine, oh, back, yeah. and it's like. Like, do you know, do you, yeah, do you would, know what they, they would kill y'all? I, do you know they what they think about, about the streets you. And yeah. kill you? Like, like, like you need to be in favor of democracy. Yeah, you need to be video. in favor
0: of like freedom. So they were, there's this reporter that recorded a, a gay, a gay pro-Palestine march in the United States and like the flags and all the, uh-huh. you know, the stuff going on, um, the crop tops and, uh, showed the video <laughs> to someone in Palestine. And they're like, these people support you. And the guy was like, no, 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 yeah, it's just like,
1: and, and that's why, you know, people just choose sides, and I know we need to hurry up, because we got to get through, like, some other questions here, the listener feedback, but, but so, religiously, I, I would, look, if you're a Christian, Israel is cool, that's where Jesus came from, right, that's our, our Messiah came from Jerusalem, and so all this is happening in Jerusalem, but, but I would just warn you, uh, to, to read the New Testament, uh, the apostle paul redefines who israel is. Yeah. He redefines what a jew is. He he says that those with faith in christ are the true israel. Yeah. Um and so uh you just you need to be careful just you, you just siding with uh the current uh country just uh, I'm I'm not saying don't. Like I like I I am in favor of us helping israel cuz hamas is a terrorist group.
0: And there's so much more guys than oh just pro israel pro-Palestine like there's they have a history that goes back a long time a long time and it's not it's a very complicated issue it's not not a black and white issue i I mean i have a hot take that would probably get me canceled but like i like that you touched on you know when it comes to israel paul does in scripture redefine what who true israel is true israel are those that believe in jesus right i I am israel you're Israel, israel the nation state right you know and so there's it's you know, it's kind of weird. Like, there's a separate. Like, if you want to support it politically, fine, because it makes a geopolitical sense to support democracy, right? But I don't think you have a necessarily a religious justification for supporting Israel.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a a, a big time oversimplification, and I think it's being brought on by dispensational uh, uh, end times theology yeah, and the stuff like that.
0: Dispensationalists, um, get them out of here.
1: And so, so yeah, I, I would just say, look, don't just. Don't just go where everyone tells you to go. Don't just do what everyone tells you to do. Don't just think what everyone tells you to think. Begin to, begin to read. Read people. Do your own research. Listen. Pray l- about it. Listen, pray about it. Listen to people who don't agree with you. Like that is a lost art. Um, and yeah, go from there.
0: All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, if I am a good person, why do I need Jesus? Because you're not a good person. You're not a good person. There's no such thing. Um, I think that's a good question, though, because, you know, you think, what about someone that has lived out the principles, like sort of, you know, the principles of being a Christ follower in their life, but they're not a Christ follower? Why do they need Jesus?
1: Yeah, well, it's because even living out the principles, there's still sin. I mean, all yeah. of sin. And fallen short of the glory well, of God. sin
0: is a more, it's it's not just an issue of behavior, it's an issue of the heart. That's right. right. It's a disease. Sin isn't just an outward symptom, sin is actually the thing, it's a the sickness. disease itself. It's a
1: virus in the yeah. system, yeah. And so you might be able to suppress some symptoms. I, I tell people all the time, like, if you are sick, you have a, a cold, and uh, you wipe your nose, are you now uh, healthy? <laughs> no. Yeah. You just wiped your nose, the sickness is still there. Yeah. And so... So you, you, you know, righteousness is something that's unattainable for anyone, no matter how the, the best person listening to this podcast, the person who sinned the least, is still not enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we need Christ. Uh,
0: it's an e- it's a it's an easy argument to make. I think like when you see people like, well, you know, th- there's so many good people that have done good things that don't know Jesus. You know, why do they need Jesus? And it's because it goes. It goes beyond just our behavior. It's right. the posture of the heart. In fact, Jesus gives us a new heart, right? right? And you can't, you know, truly walk in the will of God without having a regenerated spirit, which is the work of the Holy Spirit that comes right. through salvation, comes through faith in Christ. Well, see,
1: in a question like this, it, it 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 comes from a place of thinking that Christianity is about behavior modification only. Yeah. It involves behavior modification, but ultimately um, it, it's about bec- uh oneness with Jesus. Uh you know salvation is not just uh what you do, it's who you become in Christ. It's Christ yeah. in you and you in Christ. Uh and so so the idea is like hey, I'm good. It's like yeah, but that's not the that's not the point of of Christianity. It's not just being good. Yeah. Um it's being holy, it's being mm-hmm. like God. Being good is not the same as being like God. You can't be like God exactly. without
0: God. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's really good. Um, this is a funky one here. Uh, why did Paul reference baptizing the dead? So this is uh first Corinthians, is it uh fifteen or sixteen? Uh sorry, yeah, fifteen. Um, and Paul is talking about, you know, the importance of the resurrection, right? Like if, if Jesus wasn't resurrected from the dead then we are men most to be pitied. Right, like, what's right. the point of even... And then in that sort same train of thought, he references, you know, this is why you baptize. He goes, that. if there's
1: no resurrection, yeah, then why do we baptize for the dead?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of an odd thing. And Mormons have really yeah. like capitalized on this particular verse, yeah. and they do baptize people on behalf of the dead. Mm-hmm. And so this is a very strange verse. In, in and I've researched this a few times. I was kind of brushing up on it this morning. And there is, I don't think, any real consensus as to what Paul was referencing. It doesn't seem that he's being prescriptive enough.
1: Yeah, I think only the Mormon, to my knowledge, only Mormons do that. And this is one of those, I've studied it too. This is one of those questions there. I have an opinion on almost everything in scripture. This is one where I'm like... I don't know. I
0: don't know. There, and, you know again, I don't know what he meant. There's not very, I mean, there's some like sort of hardline scholars that'll be like, well, he obviously didn't mean that we need to baptize people on the dead. But I mean, I don't think the verse says that. I think he, I, what the general, I, I think where I fall, and this is what I've read, is that there was obviously a practice of baptism on behalf of the dead in the Corinthian church. Paul's addressing right, it. We know right. that much. What, what? do? When you come to a verse that is difficult like this, don't at, don't start with what you don't know. Start right. with what you do know. Right. And what we do know is that there was a practice, seemingly in the Corinthian church, we don't see it elsewhere. We don't right. see it at Ephesus or anywhere else. And there's never an instruction to do it. There's never an instruction to do it. Um. You know, Paul, when, when when talking about we just don't see it anywhere but here. And so, but what do we know? The Corinthians were doing it. What else? Paul is addressing it. And it seems as though Paul doesn't think it's an issue enough for him to correct right right I don't think Paul sees a problem with it right I don't think he's being prescriptive well
1: what he's doing he's defending resurrection he's defending resurrection that's exactly. his goal his goal isn't to tell the church how to honor how to worship God yeah, or even how to get saved, mm-hmm. right? He's talking solely in this point of uh, his letter to the Corinthians. He's defending resurrection, so he's 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 grasping at anything culturally relevant to them that can make his case stronger. That there, yes, there is resurrection. Yeah, and of And I think he pulls
0: something that they're doing that says th- why they're familiar. With why that. would you? Because first off, there were people. Why is, why is Paul defending resurrection? There's people in the Corinthian church that that didn't believe in resurrection or right. or teaching against resurrection.
1: That was one there. of the first that was one of the biggest obstacles to first century uh hearers of the gospel was like wait, someone rose from the dead? What? Yeah. And so that's why he's defending it so vehemently.
0: And so what he's saying is like you who don't believe in resurrection are baptizing people on behalf of the dead. Why would you do that if resurrection, if resurrection. wasn't important?
1: Right. Exactly. But I don't
0: think Paul is making a Hey, we need to baptize people on behalf of the dead. That's
1: right. That's day. right. And, and this is why, listener, when you're reading the Bible, you know you've got to be aware of context: who wrote it, who is it written to, when was it written, what's the what's the overarching concept that's being talked about here, and when you apply that to that verse about baptizing for the dead, basically it has nothing to do with you.
0: Yeah, and it also like just to kind of tie this up, Paul didn't have a problem with it. No. He didn't seem to have a problem with it. So, but,
1: so what are you doing tonight, later tonight, Eric? Let's go baptize for yeah, the dead. Yeah, I'm
0: going to go get my genealogy list, and uh, <laughs> we're going to set up the baptismal. And, this is for Aunt Ethel plunge. Yeah, just going to keep rolling. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a weird one, but that's, it, that's a good example of like when you get into you know studying scripture and there's something you don't understand, don't automatically jump to the conclusion. Start with the information that you have on hand, and also be okay with holding things in tension. Like that, what am I holding in tension here? What is Eric thinking about this? I'm thinking on one hand, Paul obviously didn't have a problem with baptism, baptizing people on behalf of the dead. But on the other hand, it's not something that he teaches, nor is it anything I'm gonna practice. Right. So I have two things. I have not doing it, and it's okay to do it being held in tension. Right. And right. and I think that's when you come to any difficult passage of scripture, you need to be ready to be in tension. Right, right. And one of
1: my favorite um Bible scholars is Scott McKnight. And mm-hmm. he talks about the concept of the blue parakeet. Yeah. When you see an outlier, a random verse that just doesn't fit with all the other verses and, and you, you shoot it. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you Well, what you do is you, you recognize it's there, but you don't change everything because of it. Right. Exactly. And, and so that's so that's what this is. Uh, there's plenty of instruction regarding baptism yeah. in scripture. Uh, and let's not, Let's not elevate this one into its own doctrine. We're just going to set it to the side because we don't fully understand. And that's okay.
0: All right. So let's blast through these last two, last three. One's just a joke, though. Aliens and Bigfoot. I put those together because we had some Bigfoot and some alien people.
1: Don't know, don't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, is there is there a possibility that there's aliens? Yeah. Am I going to plant my flag on it? No. Does the Bible teach about it? No. Does that mean it's not there? No. Like, I, I don't but, know. I mean, it's super, But
1: what about the Nephilim, brother? The, well,
0: there was a Nephilim comment on there as well. I, I, I figure we would save that because yeah. that's talking about like the angelic, and right. that would be a cool thing to bring up later, but the Nephilim is another thing. But it was, as far as aliens and Bigfoot, Jamie, you have a good take. Give us a short take on aliens and Bigfoot. Oh I, I do have a good take. Well, so I feel like it's a simple I've got like,
1: a, I've got a pretty pretty big foot. I mean it's yeah, it's, it's, it's it, Yeah, it's also got uh it smells right now. <laughs> I can smell it from here? Um, uh, no, I mean like it look aliens. I, I it doesn't surprise me if God created other Uh, other beings (laughs) besides humans. (laughs) He's a creator. He's a creator. Uh, Like literally the universe is still being created. It's still like, it's still going for like when he said, let there be light, that's still happening. It hasn't stopped. Yeah. And it's actually, uh, scientists have seen where the universe is actually speeding up the creation of it. So, um, so yeah, God a creator. It wouldn't surprise me if he created other people besides us. I don't think we would ever interact with each other. Exactly. I do think what most, uh, uh most of what people see when it comes to aliens is either demonic activity, uh, or it's alcohol.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, th- as far as Bigfoot's concerned, I think someone's hairy uncle was walking to the, uh, the port. He just John got hot. Outside. He took off his shirt. <laughs> was, yeah. He was walking to the al- house <laughs> one day and little Jimmy walked down. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, uh, this is a good one. Uh, Your mom. Yeah, As my mom's. Yeah, my mom's awesome. She's Wait, are wonderful. We still on Bigfoot and
1: aliens? Oh, <laughs> oh ho- ho- roasted, roasted. And my mom is amazing. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, she's you're, awesome. You're,
0: your mom's awesome. So, uh, thank you. That was actually our top like comment on that. Uh, what was
1: the first one too? So, it's we, like, yeah, what, what should we talk about? Your mom, your like,
0: mom. like, 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 <laughs> and, and it's very sweet. She's a wonderful cook and host.
1: She is. She, she, uh, she's an excellent cook. She's an excellent host. Great Bible teacher and a.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say a pioneer dude. in women in ministry in this region. In this region and. Dude, she's like uh she she's ordaining ministers in Africa.
1: She's ordained dozens and dozens and dozens of pastors. So
0: take that Facebook. Yeah, eat it. <laughs> um, and then finally, uh, worst Walmart experience ever. Worst, I do. I don't. I can't think of any bad Walmart experiences.
1: We, at Walmart has been a place of fun for my family. We used to play this game with my kids called "I See You," where we would start on opposite ends of of Walmart and
0: we would sneak around. This is how great Jamie's life is. Everybody else is like trying not to kill their kids when they go grocery shopping. Jamie's like, "Hey, let's go play well, a nice, gentle kid." No, this
1: is what. So Tiff would do the grocery shopping, yeah, and she so likes you just this. Send her
0: off by herself and not help her at all. Okay, no, no, she likes this because. We don't need your mansplaining, me. Jamie. <laughs> uh, but
1: anyways, let me explain the game, Eric. You might want to okay, play it with yep. your... Maybe you can play with your daughter one day. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, so this is... We get on opposite ends of, of the building. Mm-hmm. And then we got like kind of like, you know, espionage. Like go around and sneak bum, around. Bum, bum,
0: bum, bum, yeah, bum, usually do the Mission bum, Impossible
1: bum. theme song. And... Uh, and, and then as soon as you, the first person to see the other person to say, I see you and point at them yeah. and you have to be within about 20 feet of each
0: other. So you couldn't like come up with a more like creative, like phrase other than I see you. Well, I mean, okay. Kablamo. Yeah. Kablamo. All right,
1: cool. Yeah. Change the name. All right. All right. Tonight, after we baptize for the dead, we're going <laughs> to Walmart. We're going to play a game of Kablamo. We're going to play a, blam- a game of Kablamo and I'm going to win.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to
1: baptize you in defeat.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, listeners, for your listener feedback. We, we love it. And if there's ever anything you want us to do or talk about, um, you can send us a message to our social media page or email us at notthesermon at gmail.com And we'd love to talk about more stuff that you guys want to hear about. And moving into our next segment, we're going to do a little Pester the pastor.
1: Pester the pastor.
0: And we're gonna flip this around, Jamie. Are yeah, you gonna you gonna pester I'm gonna, me gonna, a little. I'm bit?
1: I'm gonna pester you. Usually,
0: mom, mom, Jamie's <laughs> pestering me again.
1: Usually, Eric is pestering <laughs> me with random uh, questions, and so I was thinking, uh, how about I pester Eric this time? And and I um I, I was thinking about this. This is this is actually a serious question. Right. I'm curious okay. about how you feel about
0: something, and it's. I really, I think it's good to have a weighted blanket. Um, I enjoy those, yeah. Yeah, sure. All (laughs) right, next segment.
1: All right, so here's my question. So um, as a youth pastor, you interact with Gen Z, like, Mm -hmm. like with teenagers and people like that. Uh, and and for older gener it's so easy for older generations to like criticize younger generations. And look, I don't understand half of what they say. They have their own language, yeah. right? And I think social yeah, media is Skibbity
0: Toilet, Ohio Riz.
1: I see, I, I know what Riz is. Phantom because I've been told I don't have any. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, so I don't understand half of what they say. Are you, as a youth pastor, um, as someone who is like giving your life to seeing the kingdom of God be developed and spiritual health be developed in this generation. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned or are you excited or do you see God moving or what do you, what
0: is your take on the younger generation right now? Okay. Um, I am, I'm hopeful. I've, I've always been hopeful. I think the only people that are not hopeful about this generation are people that don't spend enough time with them. Mm. um you know you hear a lot of sort of the older generations giving gen z a lot of flack for you know being lazy or language or you know internet usage screen time all this kind of stuff and that's just because they don't spend enough time with them i've i've dedicated the last 11 years of my life spending time with with gen z um and now we got was it gen a coming up behind them now so um i'm gen a gen a gen a gen a uh, I'm I'm hopeful for them. I think what they're I, you know one of the things I get a lot is you know people talk about young adults you know leaving the church and where's our twenty somethings where's our you know late teens where are they going to and uh, I, I don't see them leaving the church. I find them plugging themselves into different expressions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, the the current expression of the church that I think we're in and maybe kind of coming toward an end of is a sort of this. uh consumer driven church. And I don't mean that in the negative sense, like consumerism. I mean it like people come to church to get something Mm -hmm. right. Like, you know, my generation, millennials, your generation, Gen X, um, Gen X, um, (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't work. It's kind of funny though. Um, you know, we came, we come to church to hear the pastor speak. We want a piece of information that we can apply to our lives and make our lives a little bit better and a little more Christ-like. Um, you know, Gen Z is more concerned not only with, with being more Christ-like, but they want to see the world impacted by the gospel, not just yeah. the knowledge of the gospel. Right, right. right. Like when, when, Gen, when millennials or Gen X or the, the boomer generation, when they talk about reaching the world for Christ, we talk about preaching the gospel and making sure people know the name of Jesus and getting saved. When Gen Z talks about reaching the world with the gospel, they want to see genuine service. They right. want to see community. They want to see, they want to see actual genuine sustainable change. And I would say immediate action. Immediate action, yeah. you know, because we'll say something like, Well, well, Gen Z, they're not involved in Sunday morning service. But when we do in a community event, half of the people that show up to serve are going to be in that that sort of younger millennial right. Gen right. Z range. Um, so I'm hopeful. And and I think, you know, what the church has done is you know we're trying to fit this generation into a mold that they just weren't made for yeah um they're in they're t- m- way more technologically advanced they're very connected you know like this idea of you know coming to church to get community is a little bit odd because they have community in their pocket mm-hmm. and uh though i think there is something about coming you know, together or face to face. I mean, but they're very well, they're connected to their people and so they want to see action. You know, uh, my generation, your generation is focused. Let's just get people together so we can Mm -hmm. teach them the gospel. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, we're together. We know the gospel. We want to go do something yeah, with it.
1: Yeah, they'll experience the gospel yeah. as they do things, not just sit passively and absorb information. Yeah, it's information. like they, they We could all learn from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. we could. Yeah. I think they're sick of information because of the technological age that they're in. They get... Yeah, uh, they're drowning in information. They're drowning in information. They know the gospel. These kids know more basic theology than I knew at their age. Yeah. And they're ready to see the gospel actually do something instead of just building a bigger church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good. And
0: so I'm, I'm hopeful because I think ultimately as we get overpowered by Gen Z in the church, um, that we're going to see a really positive change uh, in in the church as a whole. I think we're going to see more service. I think we're going to see more devotion to the Lord. I think we're going to see more genuine community, not just groups getting together and talking about a passage of scripture or a book they read. Um, I think we're going to have more genuine expressions of the church um, as as this generation begins to fill. Um, you know, I know uh, one of the the issues that you know uh, Gen Z and and sort of the young adult generation that we have now is they feel like they don't fit. Yeah. And and one of the reasons that they don't fit is because it's 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 twofold. Um, I think the first aspect of that is the, the the young adults of today are not the young adults of 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. The average age of marriage has increased by four years uh, for men, for I think it's maybe six years for men. I think it's like from twenty two to twenty eight. And for women, it's four years, right? So they're getting married later. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are going to college, uh, whereas you know my generation, the generation before, were more, more probably, more likely to go out and get a job and, right. and be established more early. So they're kind of experiencing young adulthood longer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I think is an issue. It can be problematic, you know. Um, but it's it's not anything that's their fault in particular. It's our economy. It's um, you know the the state of of universities. It's mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. Is, aliens, is, aliens, bigfoot. Um, so they're they're staying young adults longer, right? Like in in if, if for instance, like you know, twenty years ago, a young adult was like eighteen to twenty two. Yeah, you know that's a young adult, right? Now young adult goes up to like twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, like, I, I'm twenty nine. You know, so I'm, yeah. I'm still technically in most churches. I would if I were to minister, I'd be in the young adult ministry. <laughs> right. You know, right. which is odd. You know, but I got married kind of young, um, and and got established a little bit younger, so. Uh, I, they're not following a linear system of right. progression, right? Um, and I was l- at a conference uh, last year where they were talking about this. Like, what do you do with the, the, the single mom who's 23 and has a baby mm-hmm. who's in college and working full-time? She doesn't fit you, into... You,
1: you baptize her for the dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bapti- yeah, you just baptize her for the dead. Sorry. Or you dunk her baby <laughs> by the feet. <laughs> Um, head first but seriously what do you do with her because she doesn't fit into your young adult your traditional young adult mold she doesn't fit into your, your adult ministry mold she's still a college student she's got a baby you know and, and so there's, there's this non-linear progression which I think is a product of culture
1: well, and I think too that's an issue with church. We have segmented people and thrown them into rooms where they're all yeah. all the same. Okay, so this is you we're putting everything in a box, right? You guys go in, in this room, and we're going to call you uh, catalyst. Yeah. And then you're going to go in this room, right? And, and, and we're you're going to be the Jesus
0: junkies, right?
1: And we're going to call you revived. And, and 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 so like we've segmented people, and and I think um, one of the things I love about Gen Z, besides their humor, do Gen Z memes. Are so oh,
0: they're, they're the funny.
1: best. I mean, boomer humor is like newspaper or comic strips. Yeah, then you got right the X's, Gen X, which are minion memes. Well, Gen, no, Gen X <laughs> is like I, the Gen X stuff I've seen is like really dark humor. They're so, like Gen yeah. X is so jaded, yeah. um, and and then but but Gen Z is so it's like non sequitur, bizarre, like out from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. It's yeah, hysterical. Toilet isn't it? Y- yeah, that. I mean phrase. it's 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 it's, uh, it's hilarious. But what what I see in them um, is they genuinely crave authenticity mm-hmm. like they just crave for you to be real because they you know they grew up uh it, with the internet the internet has all, always existed for them yeah right they they were born into a world you know, i didn't get my first email address until college yeah so like they, so i know that's how old i am
0: i didn't get my
1: first pigeon mailer <laughs> <laughs> and so um so so anyway, <laughs> they 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 have this this incredible BS meter built into them mm-hmm. because they hear so much um, advertising and marketing. They just kind of know yeah. what's real and what's not. And I think when they come to a church and church a church is like, oh, you're Gen Z. Well, we have the Gen Z room over here.
0: Yeah, it's, it's got Riz. Yeah, like
1: I, they're just like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's awful. Um, and you see this a lot in uh. You know, even like like Christian culture that is now widely in worship, which is now being widely shaped by gen Z uh who's the uh gyra you are in a- Maverick, yeah Maverick city, their music videos are them sitting in a front of an acoustic piano yeah. in a room with wood floors, and they're all and that's and people of, just worshiping just worshiping. Yeah, that's sc- it. not not high production nah, quality yeah. And so, I, I'm, uh, to answer the question, I'm hopeful. I think if we give them enough time, they will end up bringing the church again closer to where we yeah. need to be. Yeah, that's
1: good. That's good.
0: And for our final segment, are y'all ready? Hold on, let's get a. Hold on, give me the note. Shady. Hey, me, 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 me. Shady Theology. There we go. Boom. Boom. Who said it needed to be pre-recorded?
1: No, I had a friend uh, message me. He was like, dude, why don't y'all just record that and play it? And I'm like, because
0: we want to sing it live. Yeah, we, we enjoy want you pain forever th- to be flattered by our vocal abilities <laughs> and lack thereof. Um, so shady, 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 shady theology. Theology. Uh, we're going to be talking about, and this was also from a listener uh, feedback segment, but yeah. we wanted to give this its own uh, segment. Uh, let's talk about progressive theology. Well, they 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 saved
1: a lot of uh, a lot of money on my insurance. Yeah, progressive so. <laughs> by switching to
0: progressive, that's great. Uh, so let's start off, Jamie. What they flow? What is your definition of progressive theology?
1: Progressive. Well, it's, it's, it's weird because we tend to like, I think progressive and political mm-hmm. right together. And, um and it's not, it's not completely separate from politically progressive, but it, but it, it's different, right? It's, it's the idea. It's a, say, loosening. It's an openness to other. Yeah. Uh, it's an openness to non-traditional. Uh, theology. It's an openness to other ways of thinking well, it's, it's, about it's theology.
0: Movement, it's progressing. It's movement yeah. away from away tradition. Away from what
1: was. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's it's I've I found it progress, and I preached a sermon on this like uh, a couple of years ago, our elephants in the room. But um, to me, there are three markers of progressive Christianity. One is a low view of Jesus and a high view of man. Mm-hmm. So like the high, so the more you make of mankind, look, guys, we're, we're innately good. Yeah. We're, we are little Christs. Right. right. That the more you make of mankind, the more progressive you tend to be. And it's inversely proportional as one goes up, the other goes down. The more you make of man, the less you need Jesus. Yeah. And so th- that just naturally happens. If, if, if mankind is ultimately good and, Hey, look, we, we, we need a little help, right? We're not, we're not just completely, there's no original sin. Uh, We just need a little bit of help from Jesus. That lowers who Jesus is, right? And so, high view of man, low view of Jesus is one. Another one is a low regard for Scripture, Mm -hmm. like so. So, a willingness to abandon not just rethink interpretation—that's important, right? And that's where the fundamentalists and and the legalists, you know, they're like, "That's progressive." I was like, "No, I just don't agree with you," right? Yeah. But but progressive Christianity. Really often will set aside scripture
0: mm-hmm. for current culture. Yeah, I, I, I'll combat that just a hair. Do it. Let's let's just let's a combat hair though. That just a little can bit. You, do, you can do two hairs. Just a, two hairs. Okay. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say you know as someone that has worked through the progressive movement myself and have very you know quite a few progressive friends. I'm not a progressive now. Um, definitely a lot more balanced. But I, I never met anyone that had a low regard for scripture. I had. Uh, I met a lot of people that had a high tolerance for reinterpretation. Okay. Right. Like I, I, there was no one that I met that was like, oh, the Bible's, you know, stupid, outdated. Like there were some extremes where like, oh, we don't even need the Bible anymore, but not very many. Most of it was, you know, oh, that's, it was reinterpretation. Well, that was cultural right. or that, you know, Paul said that Jesus didn't say right. that, you know, and there is sort of an emphasis more on the gospels themselves than there is on the teachings of Paul. Right, so I'm, you know, just to throw that out there, no, to, no, to I, be fair, sure, sure, and that's what I said.
1: Rethinking interpretation is not progressive Christianity. No, uh, progressive Christianity, though, one, I think one of the markers of progressive Christianity is redefining words. Yeah, I, like definitely love. a lot of that. Yeah, like love. What does love mean? I mean, love, love, is love Jamie, love. baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good definition of love is baby, don't hurt me. So, 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 like, defi- redefining love, redefining grace, uh, redefining sin. Uh, mm-hmm. That that is a marker of progressive Christianity. I, I agree. Like, let's talk about. Let's have a high tolerance for dissent. Yeah. Okay. But let's not like redefine words. Um. You know, the way that the 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 devil the way the devil tempted Eve in the garden was, did God really say? Yeah. And that I think is the that's the crux of progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. Is did God really say that this is a sin? Yeah. Um. And it's okay to think through it's okay to question it's okay to read all that's fine yeah but but ultimately progressive christianity it 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 gives way instead of just hey let's rethink this mm-hmm. uh, let's discuss this it says well you know scripture it, it's just a lower view and in the more the lower the view of scripture sure. the higher the view of my opinion again yeah. those two are inversely proportionate yeah and and so If if I think my opinion of my opinion is really high, Mm -hmm. I have to think of Scripture as being low.
0: Yeah. So Um, historically speaking, you know, what it's it's funny to look back in time because history just constantly repeats itself. Um, You know, the the progressive movement that we know today sprung from a a movement called the Social Gospel, right? Which had a revival post Great Depression, right? Right. So you had this huge, terrible economic travesty that took place in the United States that disproportionately affected the middle class and lower class who were mm-hmm. impoverished, couldn't even eat, you know? Um, and so you had this movement of people that were part of what is called the social gospel that sought to, um, you know, make, move culture a- as a whole towards like, I sort of like a, an idyllic Christian community, right? right? Like, whereas... And and up against the social gospel during that time was dispensationalists. Right, dispensationalists believe that hey, this whole world's going to crap anyways. Mm-hmm. This is, Great Depression's a part of it, so I'm just going to focus on individual salvation, mm-hmm. right? So you had individual salvation focus on one end, and on the other end you had like societal focus. Um, and that just that's a historical fun fact for you but that still is ba- the baseline oh that was fun okay yeah it, it's fun for me <laughs> um that was the baseline because there is historical credence to you know you know this movement like yeah. social it's been around a very long time it yeah. didn't always start with the redefinition of scripture it was it actually started with a, an emphasis on focusing on groups no, and community no you're exactly like right
1: and that was my third point so yeah. so the third marker of progressive christianity is an Overemphasis on yeah. social justice. Yes. Social justice is a part of the gospel. Yeah. There's no question. I mean, Jesus says, I mean, James is like, what good is it if someone comes to you and they're hungry and you say, hey, you know, have a great meal today, yeah. but you don't give them food?
0: Yeah, if you don't, he says, I was reading last night in First Timothy, if you don't take care of your family or your relatives, yeah. you're worse than an unbeliever. Absolutely. So, there, so, so like, the, um, it's really important that we actually put
1: action behind our faith. Sure. But, progressive Christianity takes it too far, the church does not exist to do good deeds. We're not the Rotary Club. Mm. We're not a civic organization. Um, we exist to bring the kingdom of God to earth.
0: Mm. Which, by proxy, is a good thing, though, I would say.
1: Uh, well, it and, and it will involve helping people in a practical way, like with food, with yeah. clothing, like, you know, with education, with all those things. That is a part of it. But Ultimately, someone can go to hell with their belly full. Yeah. And oh, so, sure. and so we can't just say, Hey, I've done my good deed for the day. I've, 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 uh, given food to someone who was hungry and that's mm-hmm. the gospel. No, the gospel is that we need Jesus. Yeah. I mean, so you can't, ign- and that's the problem. The progressive Christianity ignores the gospel part mm-hmm. of good deeds. Yeah. Good deeds exist and we do them, but we can't separate okay. them from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we will do a good deed. Someone has new shoes, great, but they don't know Jesus. And that's what really matters.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. I think it's a balance, you know, and, and, you know, to put progressives on blast, I think we need to put like more conservative people on blast as well, because I mean, you know, show me your faith by your works, you know, And, and there's, there's sort of, uh, you know, each the progressives and the, you know, kind of far right conservatives are missing vital aspects of the gospel. I That's think right. It's, it's in the messy middle. That's right. Where we teach the gospel, we teach salvation to people while also, you know, taking care of their needs as well. Um, you know, and, and what, you know, progressive Christianity, as you said, has done is they place this overemphasis on, you know, works and, right. and social justice. Overemphasis. And, yeah. this right. over- It's a good thing. Is, yeah. What's right. What's not good is the overemphasis. Yeah. yeah. And, and I agree with you 100% on the redefinition of terms that yeah. more so than anything about the progressive movement gets under my skin. Like you don't have the liberty to redefine things in light of just a cultural movement. Right. right. I was talking to someone the other day. Um, they were trying to, t- it was, it was on a, it was on a forum. Um, they were trying to say that uh, homosexuality was a common, commonly accepted practice within ancient uh, Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, you know, they put that in there, and they redefined the right. word man in Leviticus, where it talks about, you know, uh, the abomination of a man lying with a man. Like, well, that man actually, it means child servant. Actually. It actually means child servant. And I was like, no, it no, actually it doesn't. doesn't. It actually means man. It's right. talking about homosexual behavior, and you can't redefine that term and because and, I was like, look, you know, and he was like, well, it, obviously they had to. it was happening. So they had to say something about it. I'm like, well, theft is common, but it's not socially acceptable. Right. Right. Just because something is common <laughs> doesn't make it acceptable. Right. Right. And I think you, you have to be careful beginning to redefine terms um, because you, you take away the power of the gospel. Yeah. You know, like, what did Jesus come and die for if we're all just okay? Yeah. You yeah. know, you're trampling underfoot the son of God. Right. Uh, it, and that's what makes me mad because you're telling me you look that mad. Jesus, I am mad. You're telling me <laughs> Jesus didn't have to die. Right. Like you're, you're exempt. Other people, he had to die for some people that are worse than you, right, but right. you're so good. He didn't die for you.
1: Yeah. No, that's and, good. And that upsets me. That's good. That's well, good. Well, like was saying, it, it all goes, kind of goes back to an elevation of self yeah. over
0: something else. Yeah. Well, and well, that's and, and, postmodernism. Right. It's it is about the self. Like this this revival of intellectualism and postmodernism. It's it's trying to find meaning beyond God. Right. Right. And right. that's where a lot of progressive uh theology and ideology comes from. Right. Is trying to elevate myself in light of God maybe not existing. The people like the philosophies that undergird progressive Christianity were were are atheist philosophies.
1: Right. Well, and that's and that's what I want if you're if you're listening and you're kind of flirting with progressive Christianity Keep flirting. I want you I want you to
0: I want you to, <laughs> Canceled.
1: I want you to understand that like there there is a um, there is an unintended um, consequence when you elevate yourself something else has to be devalued yeah. and that's God. Like you can't elevate yourself without deval without devaluing God when it comes to His role in your life. If you're your own savior, then God can't be. Yeah. Uh, and so, so recognize when you're choosing progressive Christianity, you're choosing you're you are lowering. And that's what I mean by a lower view of Scripture, a lower view of Jesus. You you are you are putting yourself up high. Um, and you may not mean to, but what's happening when you do that is you are lowering Jesus. Yep. And let me tell if if you if you tend towards conservative Christianity, fundamentalist, legalist Christianity, the answer to progressive Christianity is not legalist uh, yeah. and fundamentalist Christianity. <laughs> it's genuine Jesus following Christianity. Yeah. And so we don't want to overcompensate. And and I've, I've seen that a lot, especially in some older Christians who see progressive Christianity as an issue. Mm-hmm they like overcompensate and they're like, well, we're just going to bear down on the, yeah. on, you know, the fundamentals. And I'm like, whoa, that's not the answer. Well, that's just
0: as wrong. Both of those extreme involved inflicting your thoughts on the other person. Right. Like yeah. right. inflicting your I would show them well, that. And and you need to believe what I believe. And it's all almost always tied in politics on the yeah. conservative and the progressive side. Like, oh, if you want to, the, you know, the Christian way is to vote this way, you know, to be liberal. Oh no, no the Christian way is to drain the swamp. And you're like, you're left you – know, there's people left in the middle that I don't identify with either of right, those. Right, right. You know? And so uh, when you, – you can tell you're in error when, when politics has infiltrated your faith. Oh, yeah. If, <laughs> Amen. If,
1: if God agrees with your politics, then politics is your God.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow. Wow.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Um, well, that was good. That was a great uh,
1: listener – uh, yeah almost all of this podcast was based on listener input so, so we're
0: trying to scratch your itching ears okay we're trying to <laughs> give the people entertain us um i hope you were entertained that was probably are you not entertained yeah th- this is probably more heady podcast than we're we're used to i feel like we need to make some more jokes um yeah all right well dude i mean this was fun i enjoyed it yeah it was a good good conversation thank you guys for uh your uh Your suggestions.
1: Yeah, thanks for the input. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Not Not the the Sermon. Sermon. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Victory Fellowship Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Eric and Jamie can be reached at emailing notthesermon at gmail.com. to the fatherland defender of the little kids gracious and compassionate